Welcome to the Dash Podcast. I've got a new episode here for you today and a great guest with men's health fitness director, author of Your Body is Your Barbell, and his mission is to use exercise as a vehicle to make people sweat and smile and laugh and lean out. Thank you, BJ Godor, for coming on the show with me, and um, I look forward to this conversation. How are you today? I'm good, man. Uh, just a heads up, I left uh, Men's Health back in June, so I'm now oh, on my own. Really? With, uh, yeah, so for, former fitness director, but uh, okay. my own thing now with the, uh, the DailyBJ.com, mm. not a part of it. Okay. Okay. Well, tell me, tell me about the Daily BJ. What, what, what you've got going on now? I was visiting your site, but didn't realize that you had changed because you had Stream Fit before too, correct? I did. Yeah, I've, I've been involved with a lot of different things over the years, man. And uh, the DailyBJ.com is just my kind of my lifestyle membership site where I share uh, monthly workout programs, mobility content, meal prep videos, mm. podcasts, kind of helping people navigate what is a very confusing world in fitness. I mean, <laughs> Uh, you mentioned, you know, before we started recording Instagram, and there, there's just so much stuff out there right now, like never before. Uh, it's a lot of good stuff, but also more bad stuff. Right, than right. Almost impossible for the typical fitness consumer to navigate. Mm-hmm. What what should I do? How long should I do it for? You know, and so uh, I guess part of what, uh, you know, motivates me is to find a way to simplify the message and get people mm. to buy in. Mm. The long-term lifestyle piece versus kind of the short-term six-week, four-week, twelve-week, right. you know, impossible programs <laughs> to that follow. people can barely get through, and if they do, they end up quitting and, and mm. stopping altogether. Mm. And, and, and I did just look at your most recent post, and, and you talk about the cream rises to the top. How did you? What makes you different from some of the other folks? Obviously, you've been in the game in the health game for a long time. How, what, what do you think makes you stand out? amongst uh, so many people, um, especially with all the social media out? You know, I'm still trying to figure that out, man. Uh, <laughs> I think one thing is the longevity. I've been doing this since uh, 2005 professionally, and, you know, I've seen a lot of people come and go, and just being able to kind of, and I say this in anything, if you keep showing up, eventually mm. you're the last person left in the room. Wow. And a lot have not been able to stay the course or may have had, had success initially and then encountered some obstacles or a drought, so to speak, and yeah. weren't able to evolve or pay attention to the trends and, and kind of uh, hmm. figure a way to be relevant for the current situation. So I, I hopefully I've managed to do that. I think one thing people look to me for is kind of a no-bullshit approach to it. Yeah. Um, tell it like it is and that might mean you might not like me it might mean you really really like what I say because um, there, there isn't any sort of uh, there's a lot of I hope authenticity to what I share and what I do so yeah. I think in terms of what I've heard from people people like that I also like to have some fun so we do some yeah. ridiculous stuff sometimes and you know uh, <laughs> I think it's a very serious space people take themselves very seriously yeah. and they're they're kind of robotic, and uh, I like to take the opposite approach. Well, that that's fair. It is a very um. You, you're, I saw your videos. Which one was it? There was one. Um, what women say when they're going to the gym or when they're starting to work out when you had the wig on. That was pretty good. And then the things BJ says, and that's you know again something. I forgot how I even started following you. I think I was following Men's Health, and then saw a few of your videos and, and followed you some more. Um, and I, I realized that. 
that every day you have something different and it's always fun. Netflix and chill. It's or Netflix and stretch. It's it's so relatable. It's I'm, I'm a fan of both. <laughs> you you have to be. You have to be. That's that's so inviting for me to be a part of. Um and you can't tell it now, but you used to be overweight at, at two seventy five. Um how did you get started in, in doing this stuff? Because obviously you understand that um some people would rather just watch Netflix and chill than watch Netflix and stretch. So bridging that gap between, wow, I'm I'm overweight, I'm obese, but you got yourself back where you want to be. And um, now you're obviously helping out a, a lot of other people. When did you kind of see that transition or what was the breaking point for you to realize, hey, I, I got to do something with myself? Well, the funny thing is you would actually, you, if you hung out with me for any length of time, you would know I'm still a fat guy. <laughs> Because I love to eat, and uh, fitness has been the fitness journey has been finding ways in which uh, mm. the beauty of fitness is the more fit you get, the more muscle you get, the leaner you get, uh, the more flexibility you can end up having over time. I think people miss that concept. The reward really is that when it's a lifestyle, you can actually get away with a lot more. But people want the flexibility mm. right off the get go when mm. they don't have a lot of muscle mass, when they have a lot of weight to lose, and uh, they're, they're wondering why they're not seeing results. But for me, the moment where I made came, uh, I, I went on a cruise the year, uh, right before the year 2000 came. Uh, before you board the ship, you take a boarding photo, and then when you finish the trip, you end up seeing the photo itself. And when I got off the, the trip, first of all, the trip was miserable. I was, <laughs> my knees were, I was in such pain with my knees. I was uh, at my worst, about 275, mm. XXL shirt, size 44 pants. Wow. I uh, was in the, this tropical paradise, but so embarrassed of my body that I didn't take off my shirt and swim or enjoy the sun. Mm. And when I got off uh, the boat and saw that photo, and I saw like, first I wasn't looking at the camera, which, you know, usually people that are going through things, they kind of like hide in the back. And right. I was forming like this double, triple chin situation. <laughs> like, man, I, I can't let this, this can't be what my life is going to be like. Yeah. Uh, I made some key changes in my diet. Mainly, I cut out bread. Mm. I cut out liquid calories like sodas and milks and juices and lost like 50 pounds. Wow. Um, in about four or five months. And wow. It set the stage for so many things that happened, like this domino effect in my life where losing that weight allowed me to have uh, such an excellent season of my senior year for football that mm. I ended up playing at the next level at a really good school, Amherst College. That ended up being where I met my wife. You know, all, all these, it was a cascade of events yeah. that, you know, I've been able to leverage uh, along the way just from that that moment of seeing this person I was becoming that I didn't want to be. Mm. Uh, and even though I'm the same person I am today, people treat me differently. No one was asking me to come on a podcast <laughs> when, I, when I looked like that. Yeah. Um, no, uh, people weren't holding doors for me when I looked like that. They wouldn't wow. even talk to me. I shared a post too recently. It was an image of what I looked like around that time, and and I listed the things that people said about me. It was like nice tits, mm. <laughs> bad ass, loser, gross. Wow. You know, and genetically, I'm the same person. So the perception of what like people all day are walking around being prejudged, underestimated. Mm. I know there's so much more inside. I've been there, and. Uh, Part of what drives me is to find ways to encourage and empower others to realize 
how fitness can transcend every other aspect of your life if you let it. Mm. Mm. When did you see that? That gave me goosebumps a little bit. Uh, one of my mentors says that everything is the same, and you know, getting yourself in shape is the same as getting somebody else in shape, or or, or changing the way you become successful in one way is the same way you become successful in another. When when did um, fitness and helping people get bigger than you? When when you you got yourself together, when did it start to become like wow? This is I need to do this with other people. How did that passion? Um, feel your purpose for helping others? Well, when I was in college, I was actually a double major in economics and sociology at Amherst College, and they didn't have any exercise science. So I was going to be on the path to like Wall Street or finance business, and I don't want to do that stuff. And I had finished my senior season for football in college. I was a lineman, so it was the first time where I could actually like trained to look good and get lean and not be big and strong and that wasn't my, my priority anymore so I got in really good shape and got abs for the first time in my life and professors and students started asking me like what are you doing mm. give me a program and the demand got to the point where I had to start charging people and then I sold my first hundred dollar program and I was like maybe this is what I should be doing when I leave and, and I went right into uh, personal training right when I uh, graduated mm-hmm. and a lot of people were like this dude's crazy he went to such a good school and now he's going to become some meathead <laughs> trainer and I think you know people thought it was uh, not a great career choice and it, it, honestly it probably isn't fitness is really hard Wow! to, to stay in this game and uh, make a living mm. is very difficult uh, it would have been a lot easier for me to do it with my degree but I was passionate about it and I'm also someone that has always kind of beat to his own drum mm-hmm I want to do it my way and you know so it's been a journey kind of finding ways uh, to share this information with people and, and ultimately you know when it becomes bigger than you is when, when you realize that like you know uh, especially as you get older and you look at the trajectory of the typical life you know there will come a day you know when there, it's that day when you look you looked your absolute best that day the rest of your life mm. be a little bit less good looking or a little bit less fit or right. whatever it is today or a little less smart so it really does become about legacy and what you leave behind and you know uh, but in mm. a lot of ways fitness can allow you to get better in ways that you previously didn't think were possible as you get older yeah I'm in the best shape now I've ever been at 35 you know there might be a diminishing return to that maybe when I'm like 70 that I may not have been as strong as I was mm-hmm. uh, today but I'm sure there will still be things I can improve upon at that age and at any age. And that's where I think people have to get, if you want to get a lot out of fitness, you got to stop comparing yourself to other people mm. and make it all about the man in the mirror. Wow. And that's been something that has guided me uh, throughout my entire journey and also in what I try to instill in the people I work with and, and finding ways to maximize what you've got mm. and uh, put the blinders on. Yeah. That's that's perfect, and, and you 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 get take away the excuse from people because you don't use a lot of body weights or or don't use a lot of barbells and things. Body is your barbell, is your is your book, um, and that's something you know. Again, myself, I, I was an athlete as well at Miami, Ohio, and those weights just got 
so heavy, you know, at some point and getting so big. And after I left, I, I stopped touching weights for like a year and would just do um, push-ups and sit-ups and yoga and things like that. And I felt the difference in my body. Why has that been so important for you to, or, or, or what is the reason that you um, do the body weight work so much as opposed to a, a barbell? Because I, I, I see a connection there um, with eliminating the excuse. Is, is that so? Yeah, we, there's a couple. Obviously, I have a, I come from a background of powerlifting and strength and conditioning, heavy weights and stuff like that for football. And I had a lot of injuries. By the time I was 22, I had four knee surgeries. Wow. I hurt like every part of my body in some way, three broken arms, I mean, you name it. It's happened to me. So a uh, big part of what I was trying to do, not only helping people overcome being overweight and uh, unfit and stuff like that, is is dealing with injuries and ideally adopting a training style that has built in longevity to mm. it versus, you know, people want to, they think, oh, I'll go heavy and hard when I'm young. And then when I can't do it anymore, I'll just go, to, right. I'll go and end up doing yoga. Okay. And not that yoga is bad, but you know, uh, you can't just get away from the stuff that builds muscle and maintains it as yeah. you get older. Cause that's how you get really fat and really weak and out of shape. So I like to start my programs, uh, in a built with built in longevity, meaning mm. we're using, uh, movements that are safer, more accessible, more convenient. Uh, one thing I say all the time when it comes to diet and exercise, if it's not sustainable, it's questionable. Mm. Most people can't do heavy barbell back squats for the rest of their life. I'm not saying they don't have a purpose for a particular population, but for general fitness, for the person who isn't trying to be a power lifter right. or a power athlete, and we know in, in the research too, you can get better muscle gain in your lower body with things like uh, Bulgarian split squats mm. or lunges than back squats without the stress in your spine, without needing so much equipment. So um, I like to start with people doing things as much as possible at home or a, a, enough minimal equipment set up where right. you could put it at home, you could do it in a hotel room, gym, you could take it to a gym if you want. But, you know, that is one of the biggest excuses is even like going five minutes to a gym mm. is a deal breaker for most people, right. especially in the winter. It's cold, it's snowing. Not only do you have to go out there and uh, warm up the car, you got to shovel shit off your windows. <laughs> you got to get all dressed up. And right. it's being double the time of the workout just to get there. So there's all these things I look at. And, you know, is it safe? Uh, can, can we minimize the risk? Because uh, the more we're doing, you know, the stuff I like to make, uh, people, and this is the other side of it too, people use exercise and diet to punish themselves. Mm. Of getting better, mm. so you ain't like it all weekend. So you're going to starve yourself on Monday and do this two-hour marathon wow. workout to try to offset all the damage of the weekend. Well, you can't do that, and you spend the rest of the week in pain, limping around the office, yeah. popping pain pills just to get through the day. And this is the cycle that people go through with fitness. And I think you see something like CrossFit, which is like the which a lot of ways epitomizes like let's see how much pain we can, we can go tolerate, through. right? You know, because Americans take it as a badge of honor, like, oh, I'm so hardcore, I can I can do like a thousand squats in, in, in 10 minutes, and I won't be able to walk the next seven days, but yeah, great, I can do that. So um, I like people to switch the mindset. Fitness is really designed to, to amplify, to make you better. Hmm. You know, if a workout makes you lose function the next week, it wasn't a good workout. It took away. Wow. It cost you something. So... Um, 
the same thing with diet is people will, will try to pick a diet they know they'll never be able to do past four to six weeks, but they'll say, okay, I'll do this now, and then I'll just go back to what I was doing before, and they wonder why. Right. They go right back to where they were before, even worse. So everything I try to set up has a, a level of sustainability to it mm-hmm. that it becomes a lifestyle, like brushing your teeth, you know, like going to work. And uh, it's really the consistency piece that, you know, very few people can find a way to adopt. Yeah. I heard um, Jim Harbaugh told us in college one time that you, you get better, get 1% better every day. Because um, if you miss, if you work out and you can't work out for seven days, you have to, or if it's just one, you miss one day, you have to get a percent to catch up, a percent to move ahead, and, and percent to get back on track. So it's that um, that daily bread, that daily BJ type of thing that, that keeps you moving forward. And I think there's another one, um, a quote with Ralph Waldo Emerson, the thing that is easy to do is easier not to do. You know, it, it's really easy to do a, a simple, consistent workout all the time, but people want it right now. Um, talk to me about the the process. Um, I believe you graduated in two thousand one from Amherst, correct? Two thousand five. Two thousand five, and and you don't have to give me that whole journey, but the process through your professional career. You talked about when you got into the industry, and you've been able to climb a ladder um, consistently. You know, moving forward and moving up, however you want to say it, expanding. Um, what was that process like in, in keeping these practical gains the same way you have um, with your body and your mind? You also have it in your business. How did you how did you grow yourself? Well, you know, the the one advantage to having a, a slow and steady, quote unquote, rise is that I, I've been inundated with every aspect of the industry. I started. Uh, mm. working the front desk of a gym in college and cleaning cleaning the, the weights and, and putting all the weights away at the end of the day. Right. Cleaning the toilet wow. and the cardio machine. So that was kind of the first stuff I was doing. Um, and then I've done everything in between, you know, uh, you know, personal training, corporate boot camps, community boot camps, uh, online startups, apps. Uh, I was the fitness director for Men's Health for two years where I built up their digital uh, content and social media piece. And, I, I've, I've been on camera talent. I've, I've produced the content. I, I've written a book. Mm. You know, so I've done um, so many different things. And I think the only way that you can make it now in fitness, and I think it's not just fitness, it's a lot of things now. You have to wear, be able to wear a lot of hats and, much like Liam Neeson, uh, acquire a particular set of skills. <laughs> you can't just be uh, smart anymore. You can't mm. just be good looking anymore. You can't just be. Um, You've got to really have, especially if you want to run your own business and be an entrepreneur, because usually you are the brand. Right. So, um, you know, a lot of people now with with social media, Instagram in particular, you know, you can, uh, most people will look at someone and say, okay, based on how they look, that's how I know whether or not they're worth following, right? So if Mm. they're muscular, they must know how to build muscle. Yeah. In reality, that could just be a, they could just be gifted, Mm -hmm. or they could be taking drugs, or both, right? Um, on the female side, you see a woman with a big butt and uh, a thin waist, and you know, uh, nine out of ten times there's been some augmentation involved. Mm. But they're selling you their, their booty program. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of people have not; they don't have the uh, the same dues to pay anymore, which mm. might lead to more instant success. But then, what happens when Instagram goes away, or it's not as big as it used to be, and they have nothing right. to fall back on? Uh, 
Yeah, I think the reason I'm still here is uh, I think the authenticity. Uh, I try to deliver world-class messaging, but um, I'm able to evolve because I've been forced to. I've been doing this for long enough. Mm-hmm. You know, no one, no one wants to pay their dues anymore. Someone yeah. wants to start a account and they'll, they'll, they'll direct message me and say, can you give me a shout-out? I've got no idea who you are. <laughs> going to shout you out and, and risk my reputation even if you're good at what you do like yeah. um, that's just something that never happened 10 years ago mm-hmm. like you wouldn't have the balls to ask for the entitlement to say you know put me on i wow. don't know me i've never helped you i've never proven myself but put me on do me a favor and uh so there's a bit of a shift that way too so you know uh there's something to be said for a slow, like, and I say this with fitness too. You, you want to make, you want to slow cook the games. Mm. You want that steady snowball effect because, you know, the body will only respond to so much stress at once. And uh, if you can give it, if you can stimulate, not annihilate, and do that consistently, you can have a lot of success over a long period of time. It takes three to five years to build quality muscle, like muscle that you'll notice. Right. If you're not taking drugs. Wow. But get frustrated after a couple weeks because they're not seeing their biceps grow. It's like, this is going to take you a long time. Mm. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot of that to it. It's, it's a really, it's, it's a fascinating, uh, space because it applies to more than just fitness, business, yeah. career, you know, uh, you see a lot of these success stories, these outliers and, uh, and even them, you know, that overnight success tends to be built upon 10 to 20 years of quality work. Mm. Is that is that frustrating, you know, for, for yourself to see um, people that just keep not wanting to pay their dues or earn the steps that are, be taken, are being taken to get to that platform? Is that frustrating when people don't get it? Yeah, I mean, I, if I get caught into that trap, I can go down a very negative path. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because like, it does. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, how is this? You'll see someone post something that has no value. Mm-hmm. 10,000 people like it. And then I just spent like a couple hours working on something and I shared it and maybe like a thousand people like it. So wow. like, how, how is that? But then at the same time, you, you got to understand too, it's not just about the number of people. I think uh, social media has forced us to think about absolutes in a way we never had before. Like if you don't have a million people, you're, you're, you're a piece of shit. Hmm. When in reality, uh, those people that tend to have those huge followings, there's exceptions. But they're not like... It's not real. They're not in a deep way, right? I mean, they're not changing lives. They're sharing mm. selfie, you know, a fake-ass lifestyle. <clears throat> they're not showing anything about what's actually going on in their life. Because right. life is, uh, you know, a perfectly filtered photo. Uh-huh. It's, a lot of, it's a lot of grinding. It's a lot of patience. So, uh, you know, you can have a lot of success... If you have about a hundred to a thousand people in your circle mm. and you focus on impacting them as deeply as possible, mm. you don't need a million, you don't need a hundred thousand. Right. You, you can do a lot of big things in this world uh, by focusing on finding the right people for your message. Yeah, I, I, and you said it perfectly that value, adding value. I mean, and, and just what I told you that world championship of public speaking. 
Um, that was 143 countries and 30,000 contestants um, were Toastmasters. So it finished with the top 100. And it was so much about me and what I was going to get at the end that I, I didn't think anything about my audience or the value that was being added to them. But it was after that that loss, um, nobody laughed at my jokes. I went first and just came out hot and, and got my butt beat. Um, but it was after that when I was like, wow, like, I thought I was going to travel the world. I went there and I said it was about me. My goal was to travel the world speaking for $2,500 a pop or $1,000 um, in engagement. And whatever the case was, it was like, what value are you adding, Trey? Um, and after that, I kind of realized, take a step back and even not focusing on that um, commercial side, like you said, and focus on giving value um, to people to slow cook those gains and you said something earlier too like people reaching out to you on Instagram I was just scrolling through I was like man let me let me message BJ Cador he's probably not going to message me back um, but you did how do you separate why, why did you agree to um, a podcast like this one I know it's a different industry than fitness why did you agree to a podcast like this um, as opposed to someone or something else another request for a shout out or something like that well, I, I try to respond to every message besides <clears throat> dick pics that I get. <laughs> I, I, I don't care who you like, but just, you know. You don't want it in your inbox. Exactly, yeah. The, uh, you know, so I joke, but it's also true. <laughs> I believe it. And uh, I, I popularized the hashtag, all, uh, hashtag all men are predators. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, I do my best. Uh, I can't do it on every outlet. So, like, okay. since I spend the most time on Instagram, I try to answer uh, as many of the messages as I can, and I'm, I'm almost always open to getting on the on the phone uh, or like doing a podcast mm-hmm. with someone, you know, who seems to want to do, uh, you know, cool stuff, and, right. you know, I, I'm, I try to share my time whenever I can, it, it's not easy, but, uh, you know, it's part of yeah. why I also try to connect with people uh, in a way, you, you, you learn a lot by the, the questions people ask. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, the, the part of the problem with wow. these fitness is that people are asking all the wrong questions. They, you know, what do I think about CrossFit? What do I think about keto? You know, uh, what do I think about intermittent fasting? That they're all they're all asking these the wrong questions. Questions, yeah, that don't really. First of all, it doesn't matter what I think, right? Because a, you can even do it, and then b, uh, you know, you need to, you know, a, a good teacher makes you find out the answer yourself, right? We can give you the tools and, and give you the knowledge, but they, they hope to guide you in making your own decision, not doing doing the work for you. So, mm. and, and it is like you said, it's it, we're in an insta age. It's everything has to be, they want the instant answer, the perfect workout, the perfect diet. And they almost want it to be more complicated so that it, it feels- Like they're doing something. Mm. Like if you just did push-ups, squats, lunges, planks, pull-ups, uh, and you did that on a regular basis, yeah. you'd probably get pretty far, you know? Uh, but, you know, now we got to create new movements. That it's basically like uh, the fitness has become like a, a grotesque form of like karate or dance mm. fused together. Like every exercise has like 10 parts. It's got to use like weird-looking right. equipment. <laughs> oh, I've seen it before. Nothing new here. It's like, well... Yeah, there, there, no one will do anything that hasn't been done before in some way. The Greeks and Romans pretty much did all that fitness mm. we do. Now we're just hoping to find ways to refine it over time. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. 
Um, usually I have a question to end the podcast, but I think the last 29 minutes of this episode has just been jam-packed with value. And what you said the last four minutes or five minutes, I think is just a testament to who you are as a person and, and the definition of, of adding value um, to people. I, I say that from you know trying to respond to people and donating your time and giving your time. Um, that's, that's inspiring for me. Even as we, as we speak, I'm humbled um, and, and inspired to continue adding value to other people. Um, I, I appreciate what you do, and I appreciate who you are, BJ. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Congratulations on the city council. No problem. Thank you very much. Um, and, and everybody that's listening, thank you very much, too. I'm going to go ahead and cut the episode off right there because BJ Godora has it going on. Um, you can check out this episode on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram. And I want to see your comments and share it. And go ahead and follow BJ, too, on all those same social media platforms. And visit the dailybj.com to sign up and subscribe to his items. This is The Dash.